He's go, don't drop homes, Danny Danios. I just don't think you'll understand. <laughs> and if you drop homes, Danny Danny homes, you're gonna have a rise on your hands. <laughs> You're listening to the O'Balls Podcast in association with Peninsula Prints for all your bespoke t-shirt and clothing prints. Hi and welcome to the O'Balls Podcast with Chris and Paul. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say that we're now live on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Anchor FM. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at O'Balls Pod. And our email is oballspod at outlook.com. We'd love to feature your funny sports stories on the show. With that being said, on with this week's episode. Joining me and Paul on the show this week, we have a special guest, ex-Tramia, York City and Newport defender, and now Welsh Premier League winners with Connors Key Nomads, Danny Holmes. Thanks very much for uh, joining us. We just want to kind of get to know a little bit more about everything you've done, to be honest. I think there's a, a congratulations in order. Of sorts, shall we say, <laughs> confirmed league champions with Connors Key. Yeah. Um, how's that come about, Dan? What have they curtailed the season? Or yeah, basically what happened. We we obviously finished the season in the sense where we were wasn't playing any more games. So we had like a bit of a schedule. So for the past eight weeks or whatever, we've been running, cycling, doing all sorts basically. And then on last. Friday was now. We were meant to find out what they were doing with the with the league, and I think there was a bit of a disagreement on it all, whether to void it or whether to obviously do a points per game um, yeah. situation. But on the Monday, all the clubs decided they wanted to do points per game, which obviously handed us the title, which was brilliant. But it it's, it doesn't feel like we wanted to be honest with you because we haven't celebrated. We had a little Zoom meeting on a Saturday, but. A little bit yeah, bittersweet think, almost. Yeah. yeah, it is, yeah, because I'm, I'm the type I like to, if I start something, I like to finish it. So it's yeah. it's one of them, but I'm, to be honest, I'm not going to complain. I've got, no, I've got, got a medal. medal. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I've got to be playing in the Champions League qualifiers, so what it's all good. How many uh, games did you have left then? Yeah, I think we only had five, and we were four yeah. points clear. And to be honest, even if we did carry it on, I'm sure we would have. Uh, we would have won it because we were the informed team. I think we won. I think we got ten points from our last twelve. And to be honest, we're we're a very good team. Even though people don't give us, we've got a bit of a reputation of being like a long ball team, sort of thing. So more than one way to that. skin a cat, mate. Yeah, well, it, it's not like that. It's when you obviously when you play a long ball, it, it's it's not like we're just booming it forward. You know what I mean? We're doing something with a purpose, with an end end product, and. It's been it's been successful it's for us. So obviously, I think a lot of people. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people kind of aim that at Liverpool a little bit as well, don't they? They yeah. say you know like you know like Van Dijk's big balls, then big yeah. ones he plays. It's almost as if people are saying they're aimless. But then, like you said, if you've got Mane making that run all the time off the left or Salah doing yeah. it there, it's not aimless, is it? No, oh, exactly. you'd only have to look at that in. The Bayern Munich goal, the one where the shows are from behind Van Dyke, where he plays it up to Mane, it's unreal. It, there's always a purpose. I'm a, defender. I'm a defender as well, and it's one of the hardest balls to defend against. If 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 a wide man is dark, I'm full back or a centre back. So if if a wide man's darting in between in between the both years, it's one of the hardest runs to pick up. And it's yeah. it's a very successful ball to play. To be honest with you, yeah, but yeah. as you said, Danny, it, it can. It's not as if you know, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if you're top of the league, you're doing something right. You obviously exactly, play football yeah. regardless. There's some good sides in your league. I know, I know hundreds of lads who who've played in your league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know lads who played for TNS. I'm sure didn't your one of your brothers play for TNS? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know the standard there. It's been good. Like a good friend of mine. Like Stefan was playing for real. Like I get yeah. it, but. It's not as if you're doing like what long ball to me is like proper Sam Allardyce or Stoke football, you know, like yeah. the old Stoke yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's long ball in it. Yeah. I mean? So I suppose it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet for you in a way, in it. But a medal's a medal. 
Mexico with all them bottles of champagne you've got behind you, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can run out of the matches there. <laughs> the matches, yeah. yeah. Well, I used to get quite a lot of tickets, obviously being a local lad, so I don't know whether that's just me family and that pick it. Pick it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone uh, voting for you. Yeah. So, obviously, talking about... Me, me and Chris were talking earlier, talking about curtailed seasons and points for games and stuff like that. There's obviously at, at all different levels of the game. Um, I think we obviously know now that the Premier League is definitely going to finish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd probably say the Championship is too. Yeah. Obviously, for our local team, your ex-team, what yeah. I seen a video of Palios the other day, and to be honest, he looked broken-hearted. Yeah, uh, but what do you think is going to happen with League One and Two, Dan? It's, to be honest, Paul, the way I see it, obviously I'm a Tramie fan myself and I'll, I'll obviously be devastated if that happens, but if the Premier League and the Championship are going to finish their seasons, then every, everything else has got to follow suit. So I agree, 100%. And it's it's one of them. I know it's I'm a, I'm a Tramie fan, don't want it to happen to me, but at the end of the day, Tramie find themselves where they are at this present time. And even though they were on such a good run of, run of games, I think they were the last three. And it's, it's highly likely that they most surely would have got out of the relegation show. And it's, it's one of them. It's, it's a pandemic. You know what I mean? It's not much you can do about it. And you're in that position at this present time. So I think, if, yeah. if the, especially the Premier League and the Championship are going to finish, you've got to do promotion and relegations in the other leagues. So Chris, what did you it. say about Charlton last week? Um, from what I heard, Charlton were only in the relegation zone for six days within yeah. the um, within the full league, and mm. obviously, if the championship is to stop now, they they would leave, be relegated Which down is, into League One. It's mad unfair, isn't it? it is. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. When you say it like that, it does sound unfair, but it's one of them. This will probably never ever happen again in our lifetimes. You know what I mean? It's just one of them things, and yeah, just the timing of it all. You're gonna you're gonna upset certain people, aren't you? Not everyone's going to be happy with the outcome of what's going to... You obviously you obviously know people in the game still, Dan, even obviously at a trammy level or, you know, you know you'll know pros or whatever. What's yeah. the general consensus across the board? Do you know, like, are people kind of just like, what will happen will happen? Yeah, basically, I think, I think everyone's getting a bit fed up with it now, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what I mean? everyone I else, just, yeah. If, as long as you... I think everyone just wants a decision so they can either work towards the following season or whether they can work towards the season to finish the, the current one. Yeah. So I think yeah. everyone's just a, a bit fed up and I think even the situation in the country, the way it's all been handled, I don't think it's been too good either, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, yeah. the main outcome is that everyone gets through this nice and healthy and obviously less uh, tragedies through through this pandemic. But I know football plays a massive part in society, doesn't it? So I think everyone wants it back, don't they, Sharpish? Yeah, I but think, there is a lot of jobs within a, it, isn't there as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a massive. I think it's a massive thing for a lot of people's mental health in it. Football. I know yeah. that sounds a bit mad, but the, the release, the amount of people who go to the football on the weekend and you know whatever and go and support the team or go away every single week, yeah. or whatever. It's for them people who you know ultimately live for the weekend. Mm. There's, there's millions of them in this country, isn't there? Yeah, definitely, and obviously. Um, Touching on like EPD as well, it's like I've got maybe over two hundred kids, so I've been I've been in contact with them quite a lot because, especially I think it's obviously a lot harder for kids, isn't it? So for them to obviously get their football took away from them, we've obviously tried to build a, fill that void for them, doing like footy drills and being yeah. just basically being in contact with them and reassuring them that it'll all be okay and and that it will be back because. I, th- I think a lot have struggled with it, so we've, we've tried our best to obviously help them. That's amazing. Fair play to you, mate. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's quite hard, obviously, to keep on top of it, but it's it's kept me going as well, you know what I mean? It's kept me busy, so I have I have enjoyed it myself as well. What kind of things have you been doing with the kids, Dan? Has it been just sending them drills out, or have you been having the likes of Zoom chats with a few of them and stuff like that? Um, basically, I when it all started, I, I sent a message out because I've got quite a lot of groups, which... Honestly, my phone pops off. Or <laughs> I said, honestly, I'm I'm doing nothing basically anyway. I go for a run, do whatever. So if you ever want to get in contact with me, FaceTime messages, whatever, I'll I'll be there. Like so, um, what we're looking to do because obviously we've got teams now that play academies. 
we're looking to do like a bit of a Zoom presentation for them because we, we haven't been able to do anything. It's literally just stopped and we've all gone yeah. home and stayed in our houses. So we're, we're looking to do something along them lines moving forward. But yeah, the, they've always been in contact with me and text me, FaceTime me, stuff like that. So it's, I've been in contact with them. I think at the beginning, Dan, obviously I, I've done, you've seen what you've been doing with VPD from the very, very beginning. You were literally training like a few kids a week, weren't you? Like yeah. personally, you were doing it. Then obviously it become like groups of 10 kids and then you were doing different ages and then you got another coaching and whatever. Yeah. So it's it's amazing to be fair. And, and I, I personally think we, we touched on it on a podcast two weeks ago with, with Tom, good friend of ours, he's a, a family fan. Yeah. One of my biggest gripes about all of world football in the last 10 years is, sadly, the, the fact that Tramia, when, the, when, when Tramia started to go out of the Football League, <coughs> the first thing that went was their academy. Mm. And obviously, you hold that really dear because that's where you came from. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing to see that that's the type of thing that you're trying to bring back. Yeah, it that is. Like- yeah, basically, what that I I coached within Tramia's academy, and I think even if to be honest with you, even if Tramia it didn't go down, I, I still feel that potentially it could have went anyway, just because of the money that it costs to actually run it. Yeah. So I, I I've had this idea in my head since I was about honestly about eighteen. I, I always like, well, done my coaching badges at a young age and I always wanted to do something. I had the name from a young age, Elite Play Development. I had, like, honestly, it was like a little crappy badge. You should have seen the state of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was getting to a point in my actual playing career as well where I, was, I wasn't enjoying it as much in a sense. Like every year you've got to, obviously because I'm a fallback as well, the, the higher the high wages do go to maybe a striker, you know, someone that scores. Or the goal. captain or the set. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean, yeah. And it, and what I, the value that I was bringing to the team, I think, wasn't getting rewarded with my wage. So, like, for instance, I, I tried me at the time. They, they offered me a, co- a contract. They tried to half me wage. Completely half it. Yeah. So I was like, being a basically I, the only the only local lad in the team as well. Yeah, basically. So at the at the time, I, I think if we would have had the play of the year, I would I definitely would have got like players player or something like that. I had a great season personally, but just yeah. unfortunately the team at the time wasn't performing. So I'm the type. Even a lot of footballers, you'll find honestly, they'll be on a pittance most of the time in the lower leagues just to say that they play footy, which for me does it it doesn't bother me if I get. If I'm known as a footy player, honestly, in the slightest, doesn't bother me. So I, I got to a point where I'm like, I, I'm not happy. I don't really need all this palaver all the time. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick on with me coaching. And to be fair, once I started that, it sort of the football went really well. And it went hand in hand because I was a lot happier and stuff like that. So yeah, it was. Then uh, you moved to Newport, didn't you? After I that? went to Newport, yeah. So I, it, it allowed me to stay in the league and. It, it was, it was a good, it was a great year. I had to move away like by myself and stuff like that, which was it was quite new to me because I've only ever lived obviously round here and have been two minutes away from the ground. So it was a new experience for me, which I enjoyed to be honest. I met I met some uh, some friends. It's all right down there, isn't it? I worked in Cardiff for a little bit down for like four week period. It's obviously yeah. not too far. Um, nah, from, it's a completely from... different. It's a completely it's a different, different world, isn't it? Like that, right? yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. It's like North End. It's one of the roughest places you'll ever go to, I think, in the UK. It's, it's pretty rough, but it's like Randy. It's to be honest with you, everyone's dead friendly and they always stop and speak to you, which you most probably don't get in other, other parts of the country, like, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was, it was good. When, when you were at Newport, I'm a, I, I might be fishing, or I might be barking the wrong tree, but... When you were at Newport, hadn't Tramia been relegated? So you were now in a league above where Tramia were? Yeah, yeah. Because at the time, I, I obviously wanted to stay at Tramia to get them back up. You know what I mean? But I think that was took out of my hands in the end. With was you, the offer that I got. Was you kind of forced out then? Or was it on your terms um, that you couldn't leave? Or how did that I, go? To be honest with you, mate, a, a new manager came in. So I think what he wanted to do was obviously put the money, well, my extra wage maybe, to uh, to another player. Obviously, they dropped out of the league, so they had to make cuts somewhere. And I think, basically, they offered me one because I, I was most probably a fan favourite. Well, I was a fan favourite at the yeah. time. And it was most probably a bit of a token gesture, really, when when you think about it now. But I can understand what the, the manager was thinking. He, he, he said, right-backs don't get as much as 
I don't know, maybe a star player, field. number ten, or a striker, yeah. or you know whatever. What I mean? But I was like, yeah. I, I don't care whether I'm a right back, wherever you want to play me, I, I bring more value. I feel that someone that's just coming in basically to pick up a wage. That's that's the way I seen it. Well, so, I respect uh, that you valued yourself like that. To be fair, yeah. So that's why I was like, I, I, I'm the type. If I don't feel, I don't feel it's right. I don't care if I've been there for ten years. If you, if I feel like you like disrespect, it did disrespect me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'm, not accept- I'm not accepting it, so I'm deciding to uh, move on. Basically, it was hard like to make that decision because I didn't want to go. But uh, like I, I said, think I, I remember know. hearing a um, a radio Merseyside thing that you don't oh, yeah. you were a bit upset, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go right the way back then, Dan. Um, I was telling Chrissy, and I'll let Chrissy make up a lie in a minute. He reckons their school team beat yours. But you played in the best <laughs> school team possible, didn't you? Yeah, it was a pretty good teammate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think Some we had stars like in there. we had we had like three, four standout standout players, and then we sort of like dragged the rest on with us, like you know, because I I was like even at a young age, I was like quite committed and yeah. sort of professional in a way. Like even we got to the semi final, the national cup, and I feel like if I was honestly, I was talking about this the other day with Jay because it still haunts me to this day. Like <laughs> from school, we, we went to Brighton and we at that stage the Brighton it was Chris. I said Hardy, but it was Brighton. Sorry. Yeah, it was at Brighton, and uh, at that stage in the competition, you you got to play on the, you know your local team's pitch. So obviously we played on Brighton's pitch was. Which is not the same as the stadium it is today, but it was it's like, the old one. My dad yeah, lives old, down there, Dan. Yeah, it was a mess, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, older than that. But anyway, yeah. obviously, being the lads that we are from the areas that we are, they all used the opportunity to have an all night and mess about all night. And I think I was the only one that had any sleep. <laughs> so I was obviously, because the outcome, we, we, we got to play at Anfield in the final, you know what I mean? So it was like, lads, we're not going to get this opportunity maybe ever again. Unless, like, maybe one of us made a career out of it. Yeah. So, um, but, like, obviously doing that with all your mates, playing at Anfield, is, it's a memory no one could ever take away from you. And to be honest, yeah. the, uh, to, be, to be fair, on the day, we, we played quite well. And it's, I, I hit the bar three times from free kicks and you just saw something <laughs> the day, like. But um, I always give uh, one of my mates, who's the goalkeeper at the time, a bit of grief because he threw a couple of goals in, like. But, in me, Dad? Yeah, he threw a couple in like on the day, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he's saying he had sore ribs and that. But yeah, it was it was still a great experience, and I, I always look back at that thinking, "Come on, lads, we could uh, you used to mess about for one night. We could have uh, done something." <laughs> Go but on, then, Chris. See, well, when I mentioned to you, Lloyd, the, you said that Danny probably wasn't allowed to play for the school then, but it was year ten. I'm not yeah. sure what cup it was, and yeah. we played um, the Woodchairs team that you had. You obviously had a brilliant side. We had most of the Ridgeview lads made up yeah. our side, so we had um, Mousy, yeah, a lot yeah, of them yeah. lads. Uh, we had yeah. a couple of Glenhaven lads, but um, we ended up beating you an extra time. But I, I, I yeah. couldn't tell you whether you played or not, Dan. But yeah. um, it was a because he's been a shit house. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think I was actually injured that game. I remember watching it. Like, yeah. So yeah, there you so go, then, Chris. Good. That's why you beat them. How was that? Yeah. Well, he said <laughs> when I mentioned it, he said, "Oh, Danny couldn't have been playing." He would have battered yeah. you. <laughs> nah, nah, you were you, your 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 year were superb, Dan. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure I'm sure a couple of you at least played a Trammy at the time. Yeah. yeah, obviously yourself. I think it was Sean two Ash- three, was yeah. Sean Aspinall probably. Uh, Peter um, Jones, Mark O'Neill a little bit as well. Yeah, it was a bad. Yeah, football, so it wasn't a bad outfit, was it? Nah. <laughs> to be fair, I, mate, because during that during that like run of the national cup as well. At the t- to be fair, mate, at the time, Tramis Academy was one of the best in the country. Like we used to yeah. play. We used to play Man United, Liverpool's, everyone basically. We used to we used to beat them, so it was one of them. Like you'd, I, I had an offer to go to Newcastle from that national cup run because we played the we played the Newcastle team who, who featured Andy Carroll, like, and I was centre back. He, he was the striker, and I ended up obviously. You played against big Andy Carroll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the school. <laughs> obviously, you didn't know it at the time, but like obviously now seeing him in the in the was he a big lad then Dan then. yeah he's a big lump like he had a skinner though back then <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he had a really good game and I remember the um the, the end up ringing 
Mr. Ashelby, funny enough. He Ash. passed on yeah, he passed on all the details to them, like so but obviously at the time I was I was highly thought of a Tramier and even like during the school holidays when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I was going training with the first team. So that that's where I obviously see my pathway because I was obviously highly thought of and there was a higher possibility of me making the first team. And Tramier were obviously a really good team at that time. Well obviously I was I was sorry, Chris, I was best mates with Jamie Gary when I was at school yeah, yeah. then, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. And obviously I, I went all over the place. With that, with him, with him and his dad watching them against yeah. the likes of Bradford, um, yeah. you know, like all across Yorkshire and um, yeah. Stockport was always an absolute grudge match. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Stockport um, had decent, always had decent. Yeah, teams. but Ingleborough, I I live now that I live literally where Ingleborough has obviously yeah. been knocked down, there, yeah. and yeah. it's sad. It, it makes me feel a bit sad that because yeah. the, the amount of talent and just pure like the amount of lads I seen come in and out of there who were yeah. good. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's sad. Um, it's sad. I feel sad about it in terms of development of it, may, it. When when I was a kid, obviously I was never good enough. I played at an okay standard. Dan, I played a few few games for Merseyside and whatever. I was probably yeah. lucky, really. It was something that everyone aspired to when you were young playing football. You, yeah, if you try your scouts and that were there, you know you've been there, but that's sadly not there anymore. So what is what is the step then now? Well, basically, that, that's I think that's where we come in now, mate, to be honest with you. When I was going to start EPD, regardless whether Tramier still had their academy, so it, did, it didn't really bother me. But with, obviously, Tramier's academy going, it, it, it obviously helped me a lot more because there's more kids available to come to EPD, basically. So Bigger pool. Yeah, so what? obviously what we've done, I didn't really want to do it because I'm, I don't like the, I don't even like the word trial, to be honest with you, but we had a trial day. And um, we obviously, we sort of knew a certain kids who were really good anyway because they came to us for one-to-ones or came to our group sessions. Yeah. So we've ended up like picking teams now. And basically what we do is they, they can still play for the grassroots team, so we're not taking them away from their grassroots. Which is we that an important so, thing for you, Dan? Yeah, I think you know, it's, it's not, I, I don't feel it's right for me to just, because I play footy, jump in and go, listen, you come with us, take them away from all the mates, stuff like that. I, I feel it's good that they've got the, the two options. So they still play for the grassroots, still train with them, do everything with, with them basically, but this is like extra. So they have one yeah. training session in a week and then they, they get to play actual academy teams, which then gives them the platform to get noticed then. And we've had some really good success stories from it already. So we're just looking to grow from it now. Yeah, I was going to say, do you know if you're getting into the coaching or looking to get into the coaching so early, Dan, um, was there anyone at the academy who you really aspired to, who really helped you along? Uh, it was mainly Paul Maynovan. There was a coach when we were coming through called Glenn Salmon. So Glenn Salmon, I knew you were going to say him. Yeah. So, like, from a young age, I was like, the way... He, he acted, he, he, honestly, he would ball at me sometimes when I deserved it. And then the next thing you pull you and like give you a nice word and you're, you know what I mean? He, he, he sort of knew how to get the best out of me. And even when I was like a young lad coming through the academy, I used to go away with the younger age groups to, to like Avarice with fat tournaments and like take warm-ups and stuff like that. I've been there. I was always that yeah, it's classic. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, always that way, I was always that way inclined to eventually be a coach even though maybe at the time I didn't know it so but he was the one even I still I'm still in contact with him to this day I always send like the odd text and he, he's is he always, still in the game Dan? no nah, mate he, he he fell out of love with it to be honest with you because he, he's honestly he's one of the nicest people and I think a few people just walked all over him in the end and he, he couldn't take it anymore basically which it's a massive shame because the work that he put in at Tramion especially was unbelievable and I think yeah, I, he he basically well. didn't he basically run the academy, Dan. Yeah, he ran I, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, and was Warwick was like sort of Warwick above him, wasn't he? Yeah, Warwick was more youth team. Even though he yeah. did help with the academy itself, Warwick was like youth team, basically like like the link between the youth team, obviously the academy yeah. youth team to the first team. But um, he's always heavily involved. Warwick, don't get me wrong, but Glenn was. Obviously, the one we always came across the most, and he's he, he, honestly to this day, he's he's probably the biggest inspiration coaching wise. Well, that's nice, and it's good that you give him that. 
that kind of um, credit as well. It's and it's a shame. I I, I don't know, I don't know Glenn Salmon. Obviously, I I I say I spent a lot of time at Ingleborough and Aberystwyth and know all these places with Jamie and yeah. whatever. Um, and I see how he worked with with the lads. You know what I mean? And obviously, it used to break me that I I wasn't at that required standard to be on the pitch because the football was unreal. Even yeah. to be honest, just the actual football pitches that they were playing on yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Obviously, there's me playing at Arab Park and whatever, and you are playing yeah. on carpet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he always seemed great with the lads, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a few others that were there, but yeah, Glenn, Glenn definitely stands out to me, and I know Jamie absolutely adored him as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone did, to be honest with you, no one could say a bad word about him, you know what I mean? He was that type of fella. Top fella. What was your relationship like with the fans when you were at Samia? With being a local okay. lad, obviously, it's on your side. You'd think it'd be brilliant, but was it? Was it always that way? Not, not on occasions. When, when it wasn't going too well, mate, to be honest, a few, it was only a small minority, but they're, they're the ones that seem to stick, obviously stick in your head at the time because you're not happy yourself. You're obviously angry with the situation. And yeah. I, I was at such a young age, I'm sure he, I didn't let it get to my performance, but away from football, I used to get very annoyed at it, to be honest. As an example, Dan, would you be would you be out with your mates in Birkenhead, for example, and people would, because yeah. obviously people are going to recognise you, obviously, you know, there's, there's people like me that have known you for years, and say, all right, Dan, how are you doing, mate? Yeah. You know, and you move on, but then you're going to have like your... Tramia fans, aren't you? Who are like, do you know what I mean? And if it's not going great, you know, every, every Tramia fan I've came across in person has been unbelievable with me. It's, it was literally, it was only just a few fans at the time who were mostly around about my age. You used to, I, I could, I, I could handle anyone saying I had a bad game. Honestly, I could handle it. But when when you get a little bit personal, and I was obviously a young lad at the time. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I used to, I used to see my ass massively, like and. I used to say, I, I didn't threaten anyone, but I said, if you, if you want to say it, if you, if you ever see me, you can say it to me face, basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. overall, mate, the relationship I had with the fans, and even to this day, if I go to a game, see anyone else, I, I, I stop talk, we have a great chat. I, I had a great, yeah. obviously, rapport with the fans, so it's just during the tough times where I was a local lad, and... I most probably got the brunt of it at that time, which is which is perfectly fine. I can take it, but it's just when it gets a little bit personal, that's where obviously I didn't like it. You know what I mean? But overall, I think most Trammy fans would say as well that we we did have a great relationship as well, which is fantastic for me to. Suppose it's say. obviously on a on a different scale. I suppose it's kind of like you'd always hear. I'm sure it's in Gerard's autobiography. You hear Gerard saying. That his honour, like it's the biggest honour of his life to play and captain Liverpool and whatever. When it was bad, it was like, obviously you, you just said it wasn't so much there, but when it was bad for him, like it was really, really bad. Because yeah. because he was the local one, he took it, he took the defeats, he took the defeats a lot more personal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously they got relegated this season, you were there, I think. Yeah. At the end, so which obviously must have hurt you, and then you had your contract situation, and for you personally, it was a bit of a quite a bitter ending, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, mate. Because, like I said, I I felt like I could should have had the chance to obviously, because even the season that we actually got got relegated, I felt like I should have been captain or at least vice captain, because that that was in my nature anyway. And um, there was obviously the new manager at the beginning of the season. He, he was bringing in his because he I was a new player to him. Obviously, he, I've never worked under him, or he's never maybe never knew with me. So he, he decided to pick one of his new signs, which which was fine. I got on got on with the job, but it was one of them. I felt like I never really got the respect that I deserved. And the, the, honestly, the perform I always look back and reflect on my performances and. I knew everything. I was one of the most consistent players, not only at Trammy, but in the whole of the, from League One down to League Two at the time when I was playing there. So it's one of them. It's, you know, I, I don't hold any grudges or nothing like that, but I knew what I brought to the team. I just didn't feel it reflected, especially just, the end, yeah. with the contract situation. I just thought about something there. 
Speaking about new managers, Dan, and this obviously isn't just what you just said, just kind of brought someone up to me, but you know when a new manager comes in, and this I'm speaking broadly here about all yeah. football, when a new manager comes in, is it very much like, uh, an example, if Jose Mourinho goes in somewhere, right, he gets 200 million quid and he goes, this, 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 this and this, that's what I want. Doesn't matter yeah. who's already there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is Is it kind of, is everyone on the toes? Is everyone like, shit, is he, am I in the plans? Do you know what I mean? I think, well, every manager, that new manager that I came across, it's a bit cliche what they say. People say the same thing. Everyone's got a clean slate or that. But I'm sure any any new manager would watch a, a number of games of the team that they were going to take over. So whether that be they, they actually came to a game or they got footage of the game, I'm sure they would have you would have watched because that's what I would do anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't think they would go in, go into the job blind. So uh, well, you'd like yeah, to hope I'm, not, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I'm sure they would have done a bit of homework and maybe pinpointed what they wanted to implement on the team. So with yeah. that being said, with what happened to you not getting like the captaincy and one of his new signings, did that like kind of set the benchmark as he came in and started mm. making his regime? Yeah, maybe in a way, because obviously I've been there for a number of years, so I, f- I felt like at that time that everyone else coming in was was new. We had a lot of new players, so I was the only maybe mainstay of that team. And I obviously, I know all the fans, you know what I mean? I came yeah. through the system, obviously performed for the, for the club itself. So we just thought it was a natural succession for me to do. And I've always been captain of every, basically every team that I played for as well. And we're going up on the inclines. I was in a world of pain. Yeah. And he started stepping There's a few up. little inclines in Bergen at Park, innit? Yeah. Oh, mate. Fuck, I mean, my legs are sore now, like, but yeah. I've told everyone about it a hundred times. So I just thought <laughs> to tell you all again. I've got 44s, my best mate. 44 minutes? Yeah. Fucking hell, Dan. <laughs> mate, what are their miles? They're like seven-minute miles. I don't know, mate. It's just... It's 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 mental, mate. Most of the time, isn't it? So when I'm in the mood, I'll just I'll just go for it. Like, do you know what I said to myself this morning? I said to Joe, "I I'm going to do 10k today. I've never done it before." Yeah. I said I've been building up, so I've done like I was doing 5k's, which is three miles, and then one day I got to me me like me 5k point, and I carried on and I thought, well, I'll try and do five miles. Yeah. And then I've done that twice. Um, and I, f- I haven't been like I haven't been properly blowing when I've got home so I said to her today I'm going to do town I did 10k yeah. she just looked at me and say no you're not no I mean I think 5k is harder because we've been doing it you have, you have to go for it like you know what I mean I think my first one I got 19 minutes I think and then every other the one 5k yeah fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing like I'm doing like 10 minutes longer than that Oh, yeah. I like I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going into what I got the first time I done yeah. that. <laughs> hey, Danny, listen to this. So, the other week, Chris, Chrissy decided to go for a run ride. It was 8 o'clock. <laughs> went out. It's on a Thursday. Didn't realise. Ran down his road. About 200 metres down his road. Everyone came out to start clapping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fucking thought everyone was clapping him for doing a run. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do, mate. I didn't know whether to stop or just get out of there. I wanted. I ended up just putting my head down and getting off. Yeah. There you go. So, have you had to do like a program then, Dan? Like from from Connor's Key, or have you just kind of just kept yourself busy, or what? Yeah, but, well, I've basically been been doing double sessions with the drills that I've been doing for the kids. But yeah, we've been every week. We've had like a different different program to follow. So. I think it started off with a 5k run was the first, very first one. We did a 5k run then every week, I think, to obviously match the score up. And then we did a 10k, we've been doing 10k runs, 20k bike rides. It's all obviously as quick as you can. And then um, the last couple of weeks, we've been doing those Joe Wicks PE things, you know, on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, so been standing there, we only have to do the workout itself. And it's, it, they are decent workouts, to be fair, but it's like, Doing it in fancy dress and like doing <laughs> and all that. I'm like, I honestly, the first one, 
I texted uh, one of our coaches, said, listen, I'm not doing that ever again. Yeah, I was mentally gone at that point. Like, I was like, I need something more. I need something to galvanise me a little bit and motivate me. I'm not watching yeah. some fella doing Pikachus and being in fancy dress doing a quiz and that. I'm getting nothing from it. And then, yeah, yeah. to be honest, mate, if it didn't do it, I got fined, so we had to crack on. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so, obviously, we spoke a little bit about EPD before. Um, yeah. I'm really keen to find out kind of what you where you're at now. Obviously, yeah. let's take, take COVID 19 out of the, the equation. Yeah, where you were as, a, as an organization, obviously. You're the founder, I obviously heard that, but yeah. I mean, where you were, what your plans were, where you're going, where you hope to go, yeah, what, what you kind of want to do. Well, to be honest with you, just at the moment, I, I like being obviously being present all the time because it, it is my I started this, so it's like my baby, you know what I mean? Yeah, so of course. I, I want to be there every session. I don't want to miss a thing, like because I do actually, obviously enjoy being here as well. So what I, what I, I've looked to do is we've got like a great group of coaches now, and um, what I try to do is go around instead of just being focused with with one age group. I, I then I'm, I'm able to go around every group during the one session. So it's it's good for me then because obviously all the kids I get to know all the kids, all the names. I don't know how how I've remembered all the names, but I, I do. <laughs> The initials help on the top, like, but yeah, what, what we're looking to do is obviously have every age group up to the college, the college year, which is obviously 16, a YT, YT, and then eventually maybe we want to get, have a, have a college team as well. And then just to, to be fair, you're at every, every year we've looked to add something different each year. So it, it, it could be completely different in five years, but at this present time, we're just looking to grow, keep, keep it more or less what it is at the moment because it's really successful and it takes up it's a lot teaching, of time. Uh, sorry if I'm being a bit naive here, Dan. I can't remember. Are you teaching, I'm sure you're teaching girls teams as well? Uh, not at the moment, no. With, no. with the girls, obviously it's a lot harder because it's smaller more that I want to play football, but... And it's it's to be honest, it's quite harsh with the get because there is girls academy teams, but they tend to play against boys teams in boys like in boys leagues. Yeah. So you say really, instance, yeah. So like, because there's a couple of girls that came that been coming to us who who have been signed by Liverpool and they play against boys teams in like a Liverpool league somewhere. So obviously they're looking it's a bit to rough, get. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's harsh to be honest with you because there's a lot of girls academies for some reason. I, I don't know. Obviously, I know more about the boys' side of football because it's pretty straightforward. But the girls' side, is, I think it's they're called RTCs. I don't one hundred percent know what they stand for, but they don't they don't tend to play against each other, which I find really strange. I think they've got to be at a certain age before they can play. Say Liverpool play Man United, for instance. Okay. So um, nice. what they what they look to do, especially at the girls' side of it, they can't sign for an academy until the ten, where obviously kid like the lads can sign when they're eight. So, Whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. So I'm, I'm still learning about the girls' side of it, and we are eventually looking to do, do girls' teams as well, which I think would be fantastic like going forward. But we did have a girls' uh, group session. We do group sessions like twice, two yeah. a month on, on a Sunday, and we had a, we had a really good girls' group. But um, it's, just, it's just hard because girls obviously go to dance. They do. Some, some did horse riding, stuff like that, you know what I mean? A variety. Yeah. A variety of sports. I think without without sounding sex, I mean it's not sexist at all. But generally, ninety nine percent of young boys want to play football, don't they? And only probably one percent of girls want to play football. It may be slightly more than that now. But basically, like obviously, the girls that they come, there are girls that are really dedicated to it. When you compare them, obviously, to the lad side of it, you know what? The girls are fantastic to coach. They listen. They literally listen to everything that you say and take her on board and try and obviously improve on their games but like obviously the younger lads sometimes you turn around the play fighting and no stuff like that but you know yeah. they're coming because they are they, they live and breathe it where i think with some of the girls some of them were like that but then i think the other 50 60 percent were only there because their parents want them to or be their little there. brother was already yeah. in a session yeah. or something yeah so it's it's more the parents trying to get them involved in it where with the lads it's literally they're all 100% into it and like honestly you come because even though we, we're quite professional in what we do honestly 
it's 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 one of the most probably funnest places you'll ever ever come across, like on the world at the yeah. moment. Like you see the kids sprinting down the hill, like come like high fiving you. you know, <laughs> like, Where so, are you based at the moment, Dan? Are you hoping to to get a solid base so that'll just be for you, or like obviously eventually? Yeah. Um, where are you based? The minute you do stuff at Woodchurch, I don't know. Maybe we're doing. Uh, we're at Beb High the vast majority of the time, whether that's on the indoor with the younger age groups or on the astroturf, and that's where we do our squad training as well. But yeah, it in in the not too distant uh, future, we we are looking to have a, our own home in a sense. So there's um I've had a couple of meetings with um uh, Margaret Greenwood, who's the Labour. Labour MP for basically the Woodchurch area because there's there's plots on the Wirral where they're looking to build astroturfs to give give more back to grassroots. So I've been trying to obviously because I'm from the Woodchurch try and try and get something get involved. And then I'm obviously looking for list my own home as well where I don't have to answer to anyone basically. So that's hopefully not too far. I'll beg your garden. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't think Jade would be too impressed, but I'll bet oh, you can. You can see it now off the trails, mate. It's a disgrace at the minute. It's all yellow, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> a mess. Yeah, it's one of them. It has to be done. I um, I think, uh, speaking of AstroTurf and obviously 3G and whatever, I certainly think there was a bit of a turning point, wasn't there? Probably 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, probably down when you were just, you'd just gone through Academy. So when you were just going past... Yeah, like that's just, that's that, the start, yeah. It was a, 3G was becoming... Especially like like academies and stuff was becoming the norm, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you think it it do you think it aids people's game, or do you think a big part of growing up and learning football is? It, I'm not talking like your typical at a park playing on a mountain type yeah. learning, but you know having to deal with a soggy pitch or mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like all my one to ones that I've done so far from the very start, I've done on grass. Because if if they're gonna become a professional football footballer, I know some leagues do have an assertive pitch, but the vast majority of it is gonna be on grass. And yeah. also, like I think it's more of a test as well because if the grass is longer, you got to punch your pass in a little bit more, or it could be a little, even a bobble on the pitch. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that helps a player get better because they've got to deal with a ball in different situations. Yeah, that's what I where, that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait on the on the assertive like. It's you know there's no bubbles carpet in it. You, you can even run. You can you can run normal on it because obviously with the grass if it gets soggy you've got to put a bit more effort into you know to get sprints stuff like that. So especially with our one to ones we've done literally everything on grass and even like I, I obviously work with a, a lot of academy players as well. So I, I I always point out to them they play on so lucky the the even the pitches I played on were good when I came through but. That are this world now, and I said, yeah. you can produce because all my sessions are high intensity. Like I'm, I'm constantly on them, and the improvement that you see in a short space of time is honestly unbelievable. Like so, yeah. if academy, if academy place can do it on, I don't know, say the the footy pitches down the woodchairs, if they can do it at high quality on that, I say to me, if you you can do it there, you can watch. Yeah, yeah I know like, what you mean. Yeah. Carpet, you know what I mean. So next to like, if you can do it like next to the swimming baths. Yeah. For example, then they can yeah. certainly do it on the carpet that they're playing on. Yeah. Um, at their academy and whatever. Yeah. Um, the training so, that we do do, it's like we do. To be honest, I do push them literally to the limit. Like you know what I mean. Even though it is, it is. We always have a laugh, Jordan. But they know when they're working, they're working. Like so. Once it's 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 like the saying goes, and you train hard, play easy. So that's what we're trying to uh, trying to do, especially you, with the ones one. One thing that impresses me. You've got goalkeeper coaches, haven't you? Yeah. That's like, I, I mean, I I never ever in my whole life, even, and you might say, you might, even when I was watching all you lads and, and Jamie and all that at Tramier and stuff, yeah. I don't think I came across a goalie coach. No, I don't think there was me, to be honest with you, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, Philly Palethorpe was just training with the, like, with the, the, yeah. the pros, the pro goalies. Yeah. I never seen a goalie coach. No. How have your lads become goalie coaches, Dan? Have they been pros or? Uh, no, at the our our first one was Sam Sam Ramsbottom, who who did come through at Tramia, so he got a pro at Trop, sorry at Tramia, and um, he's currently at Greenock in Scotland at the moment. So he ended up obviously leaving the coaching side of things with EVD, and we've got a 
he's, he's a great goalkeeper because to be fair Chris Mullen he's only 25 looks about 45 like <laughs> big paper now <laughs> yeah but honestly he, he, he basically went through the uh, the Welsh FA uh, done his done, he's, he's been doing both to be fair to him he's been doing his outfield and his goalkeeper because he was a goalkeeper he came through a Tramia he didn't quite make it to a YT or a pro but he's, he's a he's a Tramia fan as well and someone I can relate to really well and he's, he's a top top lad as well so he's been doing some great work with the keepers as well as the, obvi- the obvious um Obviously, you know, a sort of a CV and a coaching badge and stuff. What, what's the the what's the main sort of personality thing that you you know where you go right? He's going to become a coach for EPD. But what I try, what I always try to do, like touching on with Glenn Salmon again, is is getting to know them as a person and and getting on with them. Honestly, the kids don't half take stuff on board when you're. Maybe having a laugh with them, but then they really respect you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, of course. You feel like they're on your wavelength then. So the, that that that's what I think you should you should start off doing as a coach is getting to know the person first before the footballer you, you do anything with the player. And then once once you've got that, means it's it's not straightforward, obviously, because there might be parts of the game where they need need to work on certain things a little bit better. But it's it, it doesn't half help you like moving forward and. You do see a vast improvement in a short space of time when you do get that. Yeah, you touched on your success stories before, Dan. I think I seen one of your lads made it to um, get a contract with Man City. Was it? Won't go yeah, into yeah. the lad's name or anything. But um, yeah, yeah. how does that come about? Do you send out invitations to come and see the kids, or do they just turn up? Because uh, before I, um, well, I coached at Tram yet. Yeah. And then I was gonna go and coach at Everton within the de- like the development centres. Good choice, though. During that time, um, <laughs> I I got a job offer at at Wolves, so I was the northwest like coordinator of scouts for Wolves. Wow. Basically, I had like ten scouts under me, and I had to obviously send them to certain games within the northwest region, and then we had to do reports or all, all that sort of stuff and send it into the club. So um, it was it was, it was quite. But obviously, watching the games, I got to. There's loads of scouts at games, so you just get yeah. to know people and talk to people, and that's how I built up a bit, bit more of a. Um, just like some contacts and a bit of a connection yeah, between yeah. loads people, of contacts yeah. within the game, and I, I already had a lot anyway. Because I knew loads of people within football, so obviously starting with EPD, then like I knew scouts from Man City, United, Liverpool, literally all the biggest clubs in the country, so. With with the lad that went to Man City, he was with with our EPD squad. He, he came to the group sessions before even the squads were a thing. So we were always well aware of what he could potentially could do because yeah. obviously clubs that when they're looking at players at that age, it's all about potential. You know what I mean? They're always looking further ahead instead of concentrating on what they are like now. Yeah, of course. Probably not the. I wouldn't do do it that way personally, but that's that's what all clubs tend to do, and. Um, but to be fair to me, he, he, he was performing that as well. So you know, you know what I mean. It's one of them. He, he done really well, and ended up with with Man City. What they tend to do, because obviously the money that they've got, they tend to have like a select team which is underneath the main group, and they always go into that that team first. So he's yeah. currently obviously just got signed, so he's in with the one be one below the main group. But that team could play any other academy anyway, you know what I mean? But the Man City yeah. main teams are like out of this world. Like, they're unbelievable. You know what I mean? They're like, I've, you've yeah. been to their setup, Dan. Uh, obviously, the, everyone's well aware of the kind of the money involved in Man City. And, mm. you know, it, it, it's, down to, it's down to pure opinion and interpretation whether, you know, people like the way Man City put money into football and then won the league or, yeah. you know, potentially how you'd say sort of Jürgen Klopp has sort of built a bit of a team. You know what I mean? There's, there's more than one way to do it. Chelsea won the league in one season by just hammering it in 2004. Yeah. Um, Man City, though, and I've, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and whatever, and a good friend of mine is a season ticket holder. He tells me the amount of stuff they do sort of, you know, like uh, within academy and within community and stuff is like yeah. unreal. Yeah, they do a lot, yeah. They do it, like even before games, they have like, I'm sure the open, it's called the Eti, Etihad campus, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, campus, matter. Yeah, I know. But it's, they have like a big event on in the indoor part of it. So like all fans go there, young kids, 
the, the competitions and stuff like that, but it's similar to the setup at Barcelona where the younger you are, the further you are away from the actual stadium. So they see it's yeah. like a tier thing. So you get closer each age group, you go up, you get on a, a pitch closer to the stadium. Yeah, so you can, see, that, you can see the stadium in the distance and the list of years pitches like building up all the way up to the stadium. Like, so as you so, get older and obviously potentially better, you're getting that bit close. It's like a mentality thing, that isn't it? You're getting that bit closer to your you goal of playing. Closer, yeah. Like, even, very, that, even within every academy, it's quite cutthroat, you know what I mean? You've got to be the best of the best, and I think a lot of kids can't handle it, I don't feel, because the way the, the way kids are brought up now, they, they, they get given everything, you know what I mean? Even, like, for instance, me coming off the wood church, some people didn't have a PlayStation when we were younger, but everyone seems to have, like, an Xbox or yeah, you know, yeah. something to distract them away from where potentially they could go. So back then, we, we didn't have that. We just, if we did have a PlayStation, we were all in the same room. Yeah, it'd be you and your three brothers, yeah. wouldn't it, Dan? Do you know what I mean? Exactly, you know what I mean? But now it's like, they've got these headsets. They're all... They're, this Fortnite game's doing me. I don't like that. Like, <laughs> that's all, all, the, all the parents say, you can't get them off this Fortnite. That's all they say. But um, <laughs> it's, it's just one of them. They, it, which is good. The parents trying to give them the best of everything. But I think maybe the, the hunger coming from the players... You, you do see it in some players, like... This this one lad who just got signed for by Preston and the hunger you see in him with every session, every one to one, even does stuff away from from. I think I've seen that on your Instagram, Dan. Yeah, yeah he's like his his attitude towards football is unbelievable. Like, but the vast majority, I think football. I've said this um, a couple of times now. It's it's back in the day it was like a proper working class sport, wasn't it? You know what I mean? It was just like. Basically, loads of rough lads that who wanted to play footy and had that dedication and um, that willingness and that drive to better themselves and obviously try and achieve something. But I think, because like I said before, everyone's getting the same things. It's sort of like middle class, middle class people now who were coming to the fore a little bit because the parents maybe can off, like pay for maybe one to one, for instance, or you whatever. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the talent. At the minute, is scary. So if if they if they get the mental side of their games on point, the, the, especially at EPD, because I've obviously seen a lot of players now at EPD, the the future is very very bright. So it's just, I think they will obviously snap out of that little phase that they go through with the consoles and stuff like that. But well, all these games seem to come and go, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And when, many... when you get when you get to a certain age as well, you sort of like think that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be YouTubers <laughs> when they're eight, but when yeah. you get to like tell yeah, yeah. But what you say there with um, a certain age group, is the a set age group that do do better when it comes to scouting? Or it gets to like a cut-off stage at a certain uh, age well, as well? I, I think when it gets to, I think under 12 most, most probably is the limit. I think that's a defining moment in a, a young player's youth career, so to speak, because when you go to under 12... High school. Like, Basically getting to high school then. Yeah, high school, because it's like a transition from 9v9 going into 11v11. Yeah. And some players can't get that transition. They sort of fall, fall out of love with it a little bit, and then they end up not even playing anymore. So I think that's why Kulchuk's trying the best he can to get them as young as he can. Even they've got kids training. There's one kid that I've been... I doing one to ones with, and I I know his his dad from he's off 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 the wood church like so I've known him for for years anyway, and he was at Man City when he was like four, and you're like oh. at that point I didn't know. Do you not me, think that's too young though, Dan? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but I do. You know, if Man City don't do that, for instance, then and Liverpool are, then you know they could potentially miss out on on a goal player like so. That, yeah. that's, that's the way it's gone now. That's the nature of the beast in a way. But I think if what what they may be trying or trying to do is have them from a young age and then obviously build them all the way up then, you know, yeah. so if you've got nature them right through. Do they, yeah. So I can't quite remember how it was when like you and Jamie not were at Samuel, but I know you could I know you could still play for your school because yeah. that was an important thing. Like you can't you had to play for your school, didn't you, Dan? Well yeah. it wasn't like it you, you had to play for your school. Let's just say young Joe off the woody is in EPD. Then he gets picked up by Man City and he's eight, yeah. nine. 
Is he then no longer playing with you or, or any grassroots football? I think it may have changed now. Because I, I, was, I was doing an Instagram live with Jay Spearing the other day and he wasn't allowed to do anything other than Liverpool, which I, obviously we, we got to play against Liverpool and he played. But when you played the school, he didn't play. So you're like, why, you know, yeah, why yeah. is he not playing? But now I think I think they are allowed to play for like the Whittle School Boys, for instance. They wasn't allowed to do that back in the day. So I th- I'm sure they are allowed to play for the school now, which I think is a very very good thing to do. But I think it's changed for the better. Where back in the day you couldn't do you couldn't play for school if you if you're at the top academies like the the Cat Ones, you you weren't allowed to play for your school because there's that much of a risk for them. Because they would invest in a lot more than maybe what tra- say tram you with their facilities. Well, of course, you're protecting your investments, aren't you, effectively? Yeah, so even at that young age, they weren't allowed to play, which I think maybe hindered them, you know what I mean? They didn't get to play. We still got to play with our, our mates, so to speak, even though we were still at an academy standard club. Yeah. So you got to play at the Withdean in Brighton, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many goals did you score in your career, Dan, to date? Not as many as I'd like me, to be honest with you. <laughs> You were a right back, I'll let you off. Yeah, I remember yeah, your goal against Shrewsbury. I took my nephews to his first game. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've got 10, I think. I think I've got about 10. So right a lot more. I was looking for trying to get some commentary of you. That really struggled, mate. I was. Um, I see. I found some bits of the Sammy fans singing that you're like Wrexham. Yeah. <laughs> that was as good as it got, mate. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Um, yeah, I had another yeah. song as well, to be fair. It was one... It was one when we... When we played away, there was a song that it was a separate song to that, so it was like the diehard fans, so to speak. You know what I mean? That went away, yeah, it's basically yeah. saying, Uh, what was it? What the girl hang on? He's go, Don't drop homes, Danny Danny Holmes. I just don't think you'll understand. <laughs> and if you drop homes, Danny Danny Holmes, you're gonna have a rise on your hands. That's class. Yeah, that's in. That's going to be the beginning of this episode. <laughs> it is definitely, mate. Because <laughs> he can get his guitar out and make that into a song. <laughs> Magic minute time, Dan. So, Dan, you get one minute. You got to answer as many questions as you can. Okay. You can't right. say pass. You've got to give an answer. Okay, then. Right. Are you ready, mate? Have you I'm got your time? Yeah. You let us know I when it's so. ready to go. When you're ready, mate. Go ahead. Chrissy's, Chrissy's questions are quite easy. Right. Three, two, one, go. Name one of the teams in the League One relegation places before lockdown. Tranny Rovers. Who was top of the golf world rankings prior to lockdown? Rory McIlroy. Who was more Grand Slams, Roger Federer or Serena Williams? Serena Williams. What was Vladimir Klitschko's boxing nickname? Iron Fist. Which team did the late Kobe Bryant spend his basketball career? LA Lakers. Name the boxer who played pretty Ricky Conlon in the 2016 movie Creed. Rocky Balboa. (laughs) In the 07-08 Premier League season derby, it won only one game. Who did they beat 1-0? Sunderland. What number does Steven Gerrard wear before the number eight? 17. What is the official capacity of Prenton Park to the nearest thousand? Stop. 16,000. Danny has beat me. I know that for a fact. He has. He smashed you, to be honest. I want to know how many. Hey, do you know what? You got Iron Fist, right? Did I? Iron Fist. Isn't it? No. No. Dr. Steelhammer. Right, go on then. Number one, name one of the teams in the League One relegation places. <laughs> it's ridiculous giving him a question like that. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> who was top of the golf world rankings prior to lockdown? Rory McElroy. Who was who has more grand slams, Roger Federer or Serena Williams? You said Serena. Serena. Yeah. yeah, Serena's got twenty three, Roger's got twenty. Um, what was Vladimir Klitschko's boxing nickname you didn't get, Dr. Steelhammer? Yeah. Um, which team did the late Kobe Bryant spend, LA Lakers? So you're on Lakers. four now. Right, um, name the boxer. It was Tony Bellew. Tony Bellew, yeah. So in the 07-08 Premier League season, Derby won only one game. They beat Newcastle 1-0. Oh. 
So you were in the right area. Yeah. <laughs> and what number did Steven Gerrard wear before the number eight? Seven. This is a great answer. And um, I think it was just out of time with this one. What is the official capacity of Prenton Park to the nearest thousand? You said 16,000. Yeah. No, you finished the question, so you can have that. Right, so it, it's 16,587. Oh. So 17,000 <laughs> so is the nearest thousand. You know what, I thought it was like 16, I knew 16,000 or something, but I thought it was like 200 or 300. So Danny got five, correct? That's brilliant, that mate. Smashed you said he like smashed me? Well, I thought he did, but he got nine. He answered nine questions. I what was the last answered. question that he didn't answer, Chris? Um, so which, of these, which of these boxing weight classes is the heaviest? Phantom, feather, or fly? Feather. Feather's the heaviest. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Gutted. I want to do. Fly. I want to do my questions again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So well done, Danny. Now is at the top of the tree. Dan, um, for my behalf, I'll. Definitely get out and play Prenton with you uh, yeah, in the next few weeks. You'll be, it, it's not an interview that you go into. Yeah. It's just a, like a sign your papers and pay up thing. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for your time. Proper appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Dan. Cheers, mate. Very Brilliant, that, mate. Thank you very much. And I am going to make mate. sure that we stick that Danny Holmes song right, right at the beginning. Push him and hate Danny, thanks very much, mate. Take very care of yourself. Cheers, Cheers Dan. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Massive thank you to Danny Holmes for coming on to the show this week. You can see the brilliant work he's been doing on Instagram at Elite Player Development. And he has some Q&As and talks to some of his ex-team mates on there as well, which is brilliant to watch. So thank you for listening. See you in the next one. Bye.